This podcast contains explicit language. Hello, and welcome to 424 Recording, a podcast about home studio and lo-fi recording. We're talking all things music, especially in the punk grunge bedroom and indie rock genres. In this week's episode, I had a chat with Swedish YouTuber and electronic musician, Bo Beats. I've been a big fan of Bo's channel ever since I got my diggy tacked, and that's actually how I came across Bo's channel, by searching for videos about drum machines and drum machine tutorials. I wanted to ask Bo about his work-life balance and how he goes about formulating ideas for his YouTube videos for his YouTube channel. We also talked about the origins of Bo Beats and Young Bo's musical journey. I learned a lot from Bo, and I just want to say thank you once again, Bo, for taking some time to do this interview. Here's my conversation with Bo Beats. How do you balance that, like having to be everywhere? It kind of feels like you have to be everywhere on like social media to get yourself out yeah. there. That's like, a good question. I think um, I think that 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 might be um, kind of a, a perception problem. Um, I'm not entirely sure you need to be everywhere. I think that you often when you start out, it's it's better to focus like on one or two main platforms maybe yeah because like you're you're saying and i agree that often these platforms have some shared viewers and users but they have their own like hardcore users like the youtube people the people that will watch everything you do on youtube and that will follow kind of the conversations you're having between the videos and kind of the narratives and the storylines that goes on and then there are those that just you know occasionally go to youtube Right. So I think for for me, um, when you start out, I, I think focusing on one platform is often better, because like you say, it's can be kind of kind of stressful, you know, when you have the different yeah platforms. So many things to manage. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the main problem, because you you could like the way I do it is, I, I of course YouTube is my main one, yeah, uh, and I'd say like Facebook might be my kind of my social platform uh, where I'm most personal in a sense because I I feel like it's it's a very conversation driven uh, platform and on uh, Instagram I, I mostly post like gear and coffee pictures <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> you know and, and and I don't really engage that much over there like it's right. it's, it's not it's not my main platform and um, yeah, I think my kind of formats might not work that well on Instagram because it's, I do a little bit more long form and explanatory and I try and, you know, show people stuff and like the I see a lot yeah. of my friends. Yeah. My friends, they do more like super nice music videos and that format works really well on Instagram because right. people, because people will listen to like, a, you know, you have the one minute length. So yeah. it's just a small piece of music and it's very easy to accessible for people to kind of yeah listen in and if they're more interested they can go to your channel or whatever so right it's like a way to introduce them to you really quickly and you can make a quick little music video that's like 30 seconds to a minute and have some music on it and people can check it out that way but that's what have you checked out igtv at all it's like the new mm, i did like one video for it and i've viewed a few yeah i'm not sure i'm yeah. not sure what i think about it yeah me too i feel like it's 
it could like, be real. I mean, it could work. Yeah. But yeah, I'm quite uncertain. I feel like it's a harder platform to bring value to people, right? Because that's how I feel like, that's how I look at my YouTube channel these days is like, how am I bringing value to the people that are subscribing to me? Mm-hmm. So like for someone like your channel, I feel like, you know, I found you through my Diggy Tax and I was looking up Diggy Tax stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, sure. Um, and that's like how I became a fan because I was like searching for this evergreen content of a Diggy Tack tutorial um, to like learn how to do something. I found your channel. I found Cuckoo. Um, yeah. So like I found like that the the little um, like synthesizer community that I like follow now. Um, so like, but that's how I became like a fan of all the other stuff that you're doing. Like I'm following yeah, the cool. storylines. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And congratulations on your uh, second child, right? Yeah, thank you, thank yeah, you, thanks. my little son, Vida, Vida. Yeah. Or I think it's, I think it's, um, I think his name is like Willow in English. Oh, that's cool. That's like the same thing. Vida in Swedish means Willow. Willow. I think. Yeah, Willow. So, because you can't really say Vida, Bida, or Vida, <laughs> or it sounds really stupid in English, like Weed. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. so, so we, I thought talked to my wife about it, like, yeah. I will probably introduce him as Willow, Willow. at some point okay. like, because it's easier to say. And the funny thing, my, my daughter, her Weed. name is Liv, which is translated to life. Oh, literally. nice. Liv? So, yeah, Liv. So that's also kind of a, <laughs> my name is Liv. I'm going to go now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's a little funny. And well, thank Weed, you. Yeah. Weed, uh... yeah, how do you balance like your, um, that's something else I was gonna, that leads into another question I had for you was how you balance your like work-life balance. Cause I, I noticed that, um, you know, you, you have like, you're pretty prolific with the amount of content that you have up and, and, mm-hmm. and um, sure. I know that you also, you have a, a second, um, job or a career as like a psychologist, right? No, I have uh, well, it's, it's uh, near enough. Uh, so I have, I had a career as oh. a psychotherapist. Oh, um, uh, so it's, in Sweden, it's kind of, um, important to distinguish the two, um, but they're very close okay. psychologist and, and psychotherapist, uh, abroad. I think that what I do would, you know, you could easily say psychologist as well. Um, but yeah, um, so in April of last year, yeah, I, I, um, left my two, I was in charge of two offices, psychotherapy offices. Wow. Uh, at two different health clinics that were owned by the same company. And I felt like, yeah, it's time to do something else. I'd been there for seven years. So, yeah, done that. And, and, you know, after a while, there's a repetition in the people you're seeing. So, I mean, every, everybody's take on something can be quite unique, but you see the kind of the same kind of patients also in, in, in that kind of health you know, healthcare setting. Right. Um. So I left that and I continued working at university um, because I had that as well. So basically at three places I was supposed to be every week. Wow. Um, so in, in, yeah, at the university, I teach educational science uh, for, uh, and I would say like not formally, but I call it educational psychology because it's basically the, the courses i teach are very psychology oriented in what I, in what i teach but it's under the umbrella of educational science uh so it's very it's very academic you know um uh creative in a different way but, right uh, yes i still like i still of course have my title and everything in psychotherapy and i do consulting part-time as well like in my my small firm and stuff like that but cool. 
but it's not something I'm pursuing as a major part of my career at the moment. Right. So how did you um, like pivot into doing your channel? Like how did you mm-hmm. start? How did you start your channel? Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I I really needed some kind of um, creative outlet somehow. I think it was when my my daughter was born. Um, I started making more music again. Mm. And I realized, you know, oh, this is so fun. And I bought a Machina, Native Instruments hardware oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, That's you one know, of your favorites, like, right? Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. definitely. It kind of get me, got me back into music production again after, like I had like a year or two where I didn't really do much. And then, yeah, I started making music again with my daughter. She was sitting in her little... Uh, like a little baby rocking chair and like, yeah, listening like to my beats out, and everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like it was a lot of fun. That's cool. And, uh, and then I, I also realized that I don't really have a, a big interest in, in making it as an artist. Yeah, yeah. I, I had realized that previously a couple of years earlier and, and then when I picked it back up again, I was like, no, this is still not like what I want to do. So I thought, you know, why not try and teach about what I know. And I started and I had way too much work. I, I had also started a master's education at the same time that was attending myself. Oh, uh, and I, uh, I had my small baby and I realized like, yeah, this is, this <laughs> it doesn't work. Like I, I did like the first stuff I did was so bad. Um, looking back, like I, I think some people enjoyed it, but and there were like those, you know, those highlights, those videos that you go back to and you still say like, this is, this is still good. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, for the most part, like for the first year, I think it was 2015, um, most of the videos were pretty meh. And <laughs> uh, yeah. And and then I picked up the Innovation Circuit hardware synth into early 2016. Um, and that sort of shifted everything because that I think that gave me in the midst of my kind of crazy work life and everything that gave me like a focus point, you know, one thing. Yeah. Like, like a guitar for some people. Right. You know, that's what I do. And so I did the circuit. Uh, so a lot of people uh, came into my channel with the kind of misconception that the circuit music that I was putting out and the circuit videos was representative of me as a musician and me as a creator in, in general. But really it was just like, bow making circuit videos like that was kind of just a thing and some people they go back and listen to my old stuff that it did when i was like i don't know 15 years old like my first album and they're like this is good right. and it is good like it's it's i think it's hard to say otherwise it's, it's pretty decent at least for for what i could do then but that didn't really reflect on what i did with the circuit initially because hmm. I was mostly, you know, jamming out and testing it out and trying and trying to show people how to do it. So I wasn't really invested in doing music. I was more invested in doing uh, doing tutorials and doing like, yeah, walkthroughs of what I was doing. So that was kind of interesting as well. So I've had like a a little bit of a uphill struggle from there to kind of show people like, yeah, well, I I not only can show people how to do things, I'm I'm quite decent at making music even though it's not like it's not like a main focus yeah it's not at the forefront right yeah it's like it's like the music is the vessel 
Right. But it's not the goal. The, the music is part, like, I'm sitting here in my in my little vessel with my music and with the synths and everything, but it's going somewhere. And it's not going towards, like, an album or, or becoming an artist. or Because I know some YouTubers that when they get a following, they start releasing more music and they maybe go on tours and they, they sort of transition into being a musician. musician so, right. or, or you work in some other field very closely related to publishing music or something like that. But that is not really, I don't really see myself on that side. Uh, I'm more on the technology educational side of things. Cool. So more like reviewing um, tutorials, things of that nature. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, and, and this is, I guess this ties into your previous question about like the balance. Um, so I think one reason why I started the channel was because I was feeling a very heavy shift in balance in my life, which I didn't like. I was spending so much time dealing with other people's needs. Interesting. And I wasn't really attending to my own needs yeah, yeah. creatively, existentially. That sounds very similar to uh, some things I was going through as well. It's interesting. Do hmm? you want to share? Oh no, I'm I'm having a blast listening. I, well, I wanted to ask you too. Yeah. Um, so you you mentioned a little bit about at, at one point you realized that music wasn't going to be your main focus, or becoming sure. a, a musician wasn't going to be your main focus. So, like, take us back to what did what was Young Bo's aspirations in terms of music? <laughs> young Bo, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. Cool, <laughs> cool. Thanks for. Uh, let me go down memory lane. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. Fold the chair down and lay down, and we can <laughs> we can start the session here, and I can just you know get something off my chest. Let's do it. You know, I um, I've always been creative, and, and what I mean by that is I've always so creativity for me is has a lot about coming up with novel ideas. It's not like reproducing. So, for example, I, I when I when I start exploring my creativity I think formally was uh, because I had a teacher a very influential teacher Janina she was from Poland and she was an artist and a teacher so she drew drew oh nice she drew and uh, she made painting paintings and she she learned she taught me a lot about art and expressing myself and I realized really quickly like I had the technical skill to to draw um you know um, in Swedish it's called stileben so it's it's like you draw what's actually there. So you might draw like a bottle of water or something like that. You know, you, you draw the stuff that you see around you right. as it's like a photograph. Still life. Is that, is that what that is? Maybe. Yeah. Still life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But I realized very quickly, like I could do it technically, but I didn't have any passion for it. Mm. I had a passion for, for exploring new things, um, new, um, basically, something in front of me, something in the future, something, something that wasn't necessarily fully explored. So I did, um, I did some drama. Um, I did some, actually did some live role playing. Not a lot of people know that, but you know, well, a LARP. Yeah. Live action yep. Stuff. Uh, so you know, you're a you gamer too. Up. Yeah. Yeah. I, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I had the video game chair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I did video games as well. And, um, a couple of years later, I stumbled through video gaming, actually. Me and a friend, we stumbled upon the, the video game music for PlayStation. Hmm. 
And this was at the same time where we started to explore making music in my school because we had a school studio. And, uh, you know, I was really bad at it. Like, <laughs> I had no clue. I had taken some, like, keyboard lessons and, and some, um, I think it's called in English, the recorder. It's sort of right. a flute. Yeah. But yep. it's like the most boring, corny, yeah. nerdy flute. Yeah. My, my sister, fun, true story, she actually... actually she actually leveled up from a small recorder to a big <laughs> recorder. And she was really like leveled super up. into it for a little while. Like she was really skilled. I just learned to play like the most basic stuff on it. Right. Because in Sweden it's mandatory uh, or was mandatory to play the recorder. Yeah. I remember, uh, I think that was the same here in America too. It was like, I remember everybody <laughs> had one of those and you had to carry it around. It came in like a little pouch and yeah, they made you yeah, learn yeah, exactly. all like little lullabies. <laughs> little pouch. Yeah. I had, I had one with a little handle so you could hold it. Nice. Like a little briefcase. With the recorder. <laughs> I still, I still have the recorder, my, my first recorder. I don't have it in the studio, but I have it somewhere. Okay. So you'll have to yeah, make a video so, so, on that some, at some point. <laughs> yeah, I, I use my melodica. I have like a really old melodica. Oh, those I, are cool too. Yeah, those are actually they sound really good when you start applying reverb and stuff on them. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So I, I, I had a little bit of music knowledge, but not that much. And me and a friend, we kind of started with the started doing. Uh, we did. I think the first stuff we did was like video video game remixes so this was this was way back before n not a lot of people were doing it and we had some success we had like you know bungie for example yeah uh they actually like uh, published our one of our tracks to all of their viewers on their main Whoa. site and stuff yeah. like that so that was really cool because we were just kids you know fooling around they made like halo and, right uh yeah but before that yeah bungie makes halo or made halo Makes but this was mix. like even before that. Yeah, this was yeah. when they did Myth, like a strategy oh, game. Oh, I remember Myth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we did, um, there was a Swedish track called Hip Hopper. And we did, uh, the, the the chorus goes something like, Because uh, I'm a hip hopper, yes I am, yes I am, what? Yes I am, what? Something like that. It was yeah. a pretty cool track, like it was some really dope Swedish hip hoppers. I didn't know I was going to get uh, personally serenaded by Bo. This is amazing. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so we did a we did a cover on it. Yeah. Uh, but nobody understood that it was a cover because it was a, such an obscure Swedish thing. So we did like, because I'm a myth gamer. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. What? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we we did it about that strategy game. So I think that was kind of the like a like a very important point where I realized like, this is fun. Like I, oh, cool. this, this is fun to be creative. It's a really good way to express myself creatively. And, and you can explore things in so many directions um, because I've already, I already felt like I it didn't really mix that well, gel that well with drawing and, and painting. Like I could do it. I, you I even knew there was did. like a creative element to who you were, but you weren't sure how you were going to apply it or what the passion was for it. Yeah, exactly. Like I really needed some kind of outlet, I think. Um, so, so besides like, yeah. So I, I, because I, I've always spent a lot of time by myself thinking about stuff and then exploring stuff. So, so music became, kind of a big deal and i i made a lot of tr tracks back then and i made a lot of music um some stuff that got 
sort of popular wow. online for a little while. And yeah, so this was back in like, well, myth. I don't know, two, 2000 or something. Right. Because, I mean, my buddy actually, that had to be like, Myth was what, like 95 maybe or 97? Yeah, Myth 1 could probably be, let me Google it I know it was like Myth 2, Soul Brighter, right? Did you ever play that Yeah, one? exactly. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, exactly. So it was Myth 2 that we played. It came out in 98. Uh, oh, 98. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So that was just like around when we started exploring music. I think 90, I think I started around 97. Okay. So, uh, and, and very shortly after, because I'm kind of a, you know, I'm a nerd like you, probably sure, a nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, of course. So you know how it is. You, you gotta get hooked be. on something, yeah. and then you go, then you go deep, deep into it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's like with the coffee. Yeah. This summer I bought three different um, uh, pour over, pour over systems basically to try it out. You know, to learn to level up. You, yeah, level up, and you 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 view a lot of tutorials. We didn't have those back then, of course, yeah. the tutorials. But uh, yeah, so so I had my father buy me a. Basically, my father he said, "Well, if you want to make music, you can just use the piano. Here's the piano." Cool. <laughs> and I and but but I told him like I tried to explain like he wasn't really into electronic music. Yeah. Uh, but it was, you know, a very cultural uh, fellow. So I explained about electronic music and I showed him some synths that I wanted and stuff like that. And I, for the longest time, was looking at this like keyboard, some keyboard with like multi-tracking, MIDI multi-tracking keyboard, some really shitty uh, Yamaha entry-level stuff. Yeah. And I, and this one guy, I think this one guy created my entire career after that. He, I, I went to a store in Stockholm and you know, you know how uh, music store personnel can be a little bit, you know, Nose, nose up in the air, like sure, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah uh, you know, this is the cool stuff. This yeah, is bad, yeah, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, kind of, you know, kind of the failed rocker mentality yep. or something. I don't yep. know. Uh, and he, shoulder, he just yeah. looked at me like, "You can't buy that. That that's shit." Like he just told me off, like that you can't make shit on that. You need something like this. And he pointed at a groove box uh, from Yamaha. Oh, okay. So we found one used. This and, is the uh, origins yeah. of. Bow beats right yeah, here. Exactly. Got the Yamaha Arm One X and and kind of yeah. It's like a it's like a yeah, it's like a similar to a Digitact, like it's multi multi-channel, but it's not sample based. Uh it has a synth engine of some kind. I don't know, I don't remember the specs, but yeah. And I, I started exploring that for I brought it with me. Uh it was big, like like a tank. <laughs> um heavy. Um, but I brought it with me on vacation for like two summers and wow. it took me two years, I think, to, to like understand it. Right. That's so the people thing, today. Yeah. They're like, they're like, if don't, they don't understand it in like a day. It's like, it's complicated. But yeah. and you didn't remember, have like, tutorials to look at back then probably either. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 All, and, uh, and it is and a lot of the, the technicalities behind these kind of pieces of gear, you know, with the Digitact and stuff, yeah. it is kind of complicated when oh, you're yeah. first starting out, if you don't have any like baseline knowledge. Yeah. Um, it took me like a good, a good day or two of like, I mean, but like you said, the mentioned like the nerd aspect of doing all this stuff. Yeah. Like I printed out the manual and I literally like read it like a novel for like a day. Yeah. Like, just like <laughs> testing things out. And then obviously I was watching like Cuckoo's tutorials on it. I was watching your yeah, tutorial sure. on it. And you know, that obviously helps a lot. I've been wanting to make a, a, a tutorial on it too, just because there's so many things I feel like 
feel like as you make, maybe, you know, I feel like when you make the tutorials, like you learn so much yourself about these instruments too. That's something I really sure. enjoy with some of the stuff I've been doing. And it's, that's something with the diggy tag is like, I use it like so simple and like really basic aspects of it. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like there's so much more, so, so much deeper I could go with it. But the type of music that I make is, is more just like, I'm just looking for kind of like a drum machine sampler. Sure. Not looking sure. to manipulate it too much. I think, I think it was, it was clearly aimed at that demographic in oh, one really? way. Cool. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, they, they, they marketed it very strongly, like the drum machine. Yeah. But, but I think people realize like you're paying for a pretty, pretty advanced sampler, basically right. a very creative sampler. Uh, something like the TR-8S from Roland, that's more a standard drum machine. Now you can do like a song on it and you, I have it over here. It's really cool. It's really good, but it's, it's quite different from the Digitact because the Digitact has, has a deeper, yeah, basically you can edit samples on a deeper level and yeah. you can do more wild stuff with the sequencer. Um, so yeah, you should definitely do a tutorial because I think there's like, def definitely there are so many areas that, people ask questions about so there's not one video covering everything or every angle right cool thanks bo i'm definitely gonna yeah. i definitely want to do that thanks for the encouragement yeah. yeah and especially like coming from i think it's very important also coming from like we all come from different musical um yeah perspectives and backgrounds so the way we approach something especially like the electron stuff because it's it's very much something you learn to use in a particular way which works for you but you, maybe you don't use all the functions every time and stuff yeah. like that so yeah so i think you coming from i suppose you are a little bit better with a guitar maybe than i am yeah yeah, yeah. that's more i yeah. do more like guitar based like um yeah i mean so that, that's a awesome angle like how can you how can you use a dig attack with a guitar yeah for example? well it's like, i mean it's so cool like i've, I've been like sampling you know sampling a guitar in over the drum machine and then being able to time manipulate it and slow it down and just warp it and compress it and distort it you know the overdrive circuit on here sounds great mm -hmm. and it's like it, it opens up so many opportunities because like with the guitar music like the type of stuff i play it's like pop structure so it's kind of like you know playing the same chords for a verse sure. so but with the diggy tack what i can do is once i get those chords rather than play it a million times i can just loop it on the diggy tack and then manipulate it and I've I've come up with it's almost, there's almost like too many ideas going on when I use it yeah. like I almost get like overwhelmed because I'm like oh my gosh like this sounds sick when I speed it up this sounds cool when I slow it down this yeah, sounds sure. cool when like th this is super just overdriven so I think the sampling there aspect you go. of it you, you go that's a really novel angle um, I think that Thanks. if you do some a video about that I think you should post it to like the Digitact group over on Facebook um, I think. I there's gotta get definitely on that people. Facebook. Yeah, I... yeah. There's there's a lot of cool groups there, uh, especially like the Digitact group is very nice. But I think like the, the yeah, ex exactly like the way you approach a sampler like this depends a lot on what kind of instruments you're using, kind of your 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 own workflow. And there's just a lot of standard stuff has been done. Like okay, I'm going to sample synths into it. I'm going to sample drum machines into it. But a lot of the stuff with like guitars, I think, is kind of overlooked because it's not a looper. So some stuff, some some of these samplers right. have these loop functionalities, and and of course works a little bit better with a guitarist. But 
like you're saying, I think it's a, it's an excellent uh, sidekick to yeah. a one man band, for example. Right, because I really wanted to um, actually use it more in that fun. Like um, I don't know, I, I started thinking like like I, I don't really play out too much anymore. I kind of have the same you know um, realization that you did. Like I don't know if I really that's really the lifestyle for me, like playing mm. out and playing a lot of clubs and shows and, and places and staying up late because you know as you get older you have more responsibilities. You can't be out till three a.m. You know, you want to hang <laughs> exactly. out, hang out with Willow and life, you know, so. Exactly. You know, so it's like, but what I started realizing was like, do people, I'm not sure how, what people's take on guitar based music is anymore, but that was whole, my whole idea was to record my songs, record the parts because they're so simple, the guitars, mm -hmm. and then just kind of play the songs, like just bring the diggy tact and then I have a Moog Minotaur, right, for the blow mm -hmm. end and like just go to a club if I ever wanted to play or an open mic and just have all like like not even bring a guitar anymore but have the guitar in the diggy tack mm -hmm. you know and then play it play the songs yeah. back like that because i think there's something that i feel like people are much more interested in electronic music today and and people manipulating sounds i, I don't know that, at least that's just the vibe that i feel i don't mm -hmm. know it's kind yeah, of yeah i think so too i think there's a little bit of a resurgence in and we, we've had like the dj scene for a long time and the whole laptop thing right. on stage, and I think, at least in some circles, it's definitely like a like a big, big draw towards um, playing live with more instrumentation that we can tweak. Uh, and also, I think, I mean, I think there's a, at least a little bit of a scene where where that is really, really um, enjoy the people enjoy it. But of course, at the end of the day, I guess, I guess like most people who attend the show, they don't really care if it's a laptop or a synth. They don't yeah. like, it's, it's all about the show, I guess. And right. like how you do it. Like if you, if you're an introvert standing staring at a screen or if you're standing at a, staring at a small box, I guess most people won't really understand the difference. So, yeah. but I think there's definitely a, at least a, a larger acceptance because of, of the way electronic music has sort of been become very, very mainstream with, Avicii, for example, um, right. making like combining pop and, and electronic dance music a lot, uh, so people know about it. And, yeah, so I think there's, I think acceptance of synths and and that sort of s samplers on stage is, is larger today for sure. And I think that's something that's so compelling about DigiTact is that it's it's not just like go up and press play on the laptop. Like there's it's so tactile, mm -hmm. you know, like. There's something about the electron stuff, like the stuff that I've come across, that's so you just want to you just want to like manipulate it. There, and I think that's also just something with music too. Is mm. you just want to have that tactile experience of you know turning knobs and hitting the keys. Like the keys have such a pleasurable, like I don't know. There's just something about it. Like I always just want to sit down and and do something with it. It's I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. There, there's something to it for sure. I'm. Uh, can't uh, I can't say more, but I have a really really cool piece of kit here uh, downstairs. What that is coming out? That is coming out next week. Um, okay. What's well, all the mystery you, box? Uh, yeah, that one is. That's a different one. Yeah, it's over here. It's the, um, it's like uh, the electron analog heat. Analog heat. That yeah. that one is all already announced. Oh, okay. This uh, is a, oh, so this, you have a you have a whole other one. Yeah, but it's not from Electron. It's oh, from okay. another company. Uh, but I think you will enjoy it. I think you're definitely like in the target demographic. Whoa. Um, so it's something, uh, yeah, you can definitely make some cool stuff with it. And it's just very hands-on and tactile. And, cool. And, and it's just something, especially, 
I mean, and I know a lot of people have different opinions on this, but I think you as a guitarist can probably relate. Like playing a guitar is, is just, it's not just about like the sound. It's about the feel of guitar itself. Like it's, it's yeah, an instrument. Absolutely. Yeah. And some people, especially in the synth scene, when you talk about kind of how, how you enjoy something like the Korg Minilog, for example, or the drum brute, for example, um, when you talk about how you enjoy it, not because of how it sounds, but because, because of how it plays, how you interact with it, some people are like really frowning, like, but if it sounds bad, like, and I'm like, well, it doesn't sound bad. It's just that it's, you know, it, it's not the perfect sounding synth, but it's so fun to play. Yeah. So, you know, even if I could get like a little bit better sound from something else, it's not as fun. It's not as, you know, you don't have that relationship to the instrument. Yeah, and sound is so subjective too, you know? Like, mm. I don't know. There's all sorts of different instruments. And because like, uh, like sure. for instance, like I have one guitar that's like maybe right out of mm -hmm. the shot and it's this old silver tone. It's like a 50s, 60s guitar. And at the time it was made as like a practice instrument for, you know, kids or you get it, order it from a catalog. It was like a mail away thing. And today it's like made better. It's like a better guitar than the ones they make like right off the assembly line, you know, and it's, um, it's, but like people used to frown upon it because they're like, oh, that's like a student model. And it you yeah, know, yeah, has yeah, like a yeah. short neck and it feels really bad. But to me, there's like something about the sound of it that's like super unique <laughs> And it, yeah. it just sounds amazing, you know, but oh, I feel like yeah, a lot of people it, would say that that's a piece it, of it's shit. A, it's a little bit like when, when people who play guitar frown upon people who play the ukulele. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's for some people that is super that's what enjoyable. They like. Yeah. Yeah. And it has special tone. More and power to them. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's like, yeah, it's all about the, the feel, the feel. Uh, but I was thinking uh, if I answered your question, yeah, you, you asked me like previously about like, uh, the balance. Yeah, yeah. That that's something I'm really curious about because it's something um, I don't know. I feel like I'm facing in my life too. You know. Um, yeah, you it, work full time or with I, something. I else? used to. Yeah, I used to have a full time uh, like job at the post office, and then I I actually left that job because it mm. it was just there wasn't much um, you know there wasn't much of a future with that. So. But now I've just been doing, I mean, I've been doing the channel and, and been going on some interviews and stuff and doing some freelance stuff. So, yeah, I'm kind of not really working full time at the moment. But I feel like, I'm, you know, at some point, that's going to be something that I have to go back to. And I mean, I was working on the channel for the past, you know, year and a half when I was at, at my other job, you know. So, mm. but I just noticed like more and more things start to come into life, you know, and, um, Sometimes I can schedule out all the videos that I want to do and, and shoot them in like a weekend. And then sometimes I can't, you know, I'm behind the eight ball and trying to get stuff out because I think it's all mm -hmm. about being consistent, you know, and, and coming out with yeah. stuff. But because sure. I, but then I look at someone like you and I'm like, oh, yeah, you could, to you could totally do this because, you know, you have um, your two kids and then mm -hmm. you have your jobs and then you have all the um, like synth and, and uh, drum machine videos that you've been putting out and all the things you're interested in with your channel. And then you said, like, you're, on Facebook all the time and Instagram. So it's like, you know, I guess there's a, there's a way to balance it all, but I'm just, I'm just really bad at that kind of stuff to be honest. So, you know, I, I, I shouldn't say that I'm good at it either. Like there's a certain level of madness yeah. involved. <laughs> okay. I'm really happy that you said that. <laughs> there's a certain, um, 
Because, like, from the outside looking in, yeah. it seems like, you know, you have time to, or, like, you, you have a really good handle on, like, you know, your channel and, well, and being able to, to manage be fair, everything and balance To be everything. fair, I've, I've realized that, yes, compared to the way I've lived my life, comparatively, when I compare myself to, for example, I, I work with a lot of older people at university. Older in the sense that, you know, yeah, they're, they're like, 50 and I'm, I'm in my 30s. Yeah. Uh, so I've always been like the young person. And that is, of course, a super like, um, uh, it's, it's really nice for me because I, I can uh, learn so much from them on, the, uh, on, uh, on how to teach and about the knowledge and everything and the, the science behind everything. But one thing I've really realized is the way I've lived my life I've always have to take care of myself, even though I have a pretty decent upbringing and and so on. Um, so I I learned, and especially when I started to work, I, I learned very quickly because I had different jobs. Like I have to be very meticulous about my schedule. And now now for somebody looking at it, if they were to look at my schedule, I think they w- they would find they would find the madness in that as well. Like both, both the way I, I maybe push in too much in my schedule, but also in that it's some, it can be quite chaotic because I'm not, because I'm not an inherently structured person, but I learned to be right. something I taught myself. That's a great to skill be structured. to have. I, yeah. I think so, especially um, because I come from a, from a family with a lot of creative people and there, you know, there's a level of, like you often say, like creativity and madness, they're closely tied yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I say madness, but jokingly here, like a little bit of you know, a little Yo, bit of crazy. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't translate well to Swedish madness, but I know in in, in English you could say it with a, you know with a little bit of a smiley face. Uh, <laughs> you got to be a little bit mad, but in, yeah, in yeah. Swedish that that just doesn't translate very well. In Swedish, it's very like black and white. If you're mad, it's it's just you're bad. Like locked like, up in the clock tower. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like there's like like the like in Sweden, if you were to talk about like a mad scientist, you would literally be talking about some kind of uh, Nazi German scientist. Like, right. like it's, there's no there's no joking there's about no, that. Yeah, but, there's no gray area. <laughs> the words are a little bit different there, but yeah, a little bit crazy. Um, you need to be a little bit crazy. But uh, what I was getting at was that is a skill I, I taught myself to be to be kind of. Um, I had to discipline myself and I also had to, I have had to learn how to set aside time for various tasks. So, so while I, of course, just like somebody else can be very stressed about stuff because, you know, you want to, you get stressed when you set a high goal and you want to reach it and you push yourself. But, um, but at the same time, I do have a pretty good understanding of time management. Now, I'm not saying that I, I time manage very well, um, but I think considering the amount of stuff I have to do in a week, I do it on a pretty decent level. So I could do it a lot better. Um, I could probably prioritize a lot more. I'm pretty bad at prioritizing. Mm. Um, but I guess my bad prioritization works because i i still uh i still have the, the chunks of time that i need 
So sort of balance it. So because I know I'm bad at prioritizing and I have too much things to do, I often have like big chunks of time. So I know, okay, so if I'm doing like a lecture on a Tuesday, I know I always have like a big chunk of time before that because there's always stuff that happens around when I do a lecture. So I know that. So I'm never the one like coming into a lecture like, oh my God, yeah, I'm so stressed. Like never. That doesn't happen because I'm always well prepared like i prepared and i prepare my family as well like yeah today i'm going to go and have a lecture that means that i have to you know have the morning kind of off like i can't be engaged with family stuff right. because i need that to think sense. about yeah. what i'm doing um and talking about family that's all having supportive families i have a very very supportive partner um she's very very kind um very supportive in the sense that she 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 lets me take uh, take on a lot of the projects, and that's great. While yeah, she she doesn't share a lot of my passions for things, um, but she, she I think she has a she has some kind of profound understanding of creativity and profound understanding of my need to have a bit of space for what I'm doing. I suppose. So I, I think that's a very important element as well. Right. Yeah. Cause you wouldn't be able to do all the things that you do with the responsibilities that you have. If you didn't have a partner that was understanding to what you wanted to get done with well, your sure. life. Yeah. Sure. Now she, of course she's no like home wife or something, a housewife or something like that, but she, she doesn't focus as heavily on her career as I've done uh, for the last couple of years. She's been working longer than me. I have a much longer education, but she's been working. So she's, She's done some very serious things in her line of business, but um, and doesn't really ha- had some high position, good positions in companies and so on. But but now I think she she wants to work and she works, but she doesn't work full time. And now she's also home taking care of our newborn, um, and that's something she's prioritized. Like it wasn't it wasn't something we said like it has to be this way. Um, and I'm, I'm also in a very fortunate position and, and this is something that of course doesn't show very well because I have, I work in a, in a, in higher education, I do have a lot of possibility to manage my time. And this is often something that is overlooked, but it's often more important than having a good pay that, that possibility to actually manage my time on a day to day basis. I, yeah. I can basically for almost. I'd say like for 80% of my time of the university work, I'm in charge of when I do things. That's amazing. Um, yes, it's basically just meetings and a couple of mandatory things. And the rest is always up for debate, like always up for a discussion about, you know, when it's supposed to be done. And of course, courses, they they have a certain schedule but uh, and, and when they're starting and ending. But in between those dates... I have a very large uh, possibility to shape what I do. Wow. So so that's also something. So, of course, I try. That's also a way to maximize things. So I'll try to, you know, get stuff done when I, when I have a softer period in university. Right. Like during a preparation period. So maybe, maybe I do one heavy month of edu- uh, teaching and then I have like one month maybe a little bit more chill. Uh, more preparation, more, I can work a little bit more f- from my home office. 
And then I also have time to prepare for YouTube. Right. Yeah. That, that's what I was going to ask you is like, how, how do you go about doing the preparation for your videos? Um, yeah. So this is the, and this is where I need to be better okay. because I'm a little bit inconsistent or I'm, I'm a lot, I'm very inconsistent. Um, I'm not really good at preparation. Like I, that, that's why I, I think I develop my time chunking and, uh, planning ability in in the sense that I, like I have a lot of time because I'm I'm not really effective when it comes to standardizing a workflow hmm. but I've become a lot better uh, so it's something which is I think it's, YouTube has been hugely influential uh, for my teaching as well because I, I I was more the kind of lecturer that winged it and I've realized the potential of of being more planned um so that's something that came about through youtube and through that's that's uh, uh, the thing one of the yeah one of the most positive impacts i think youtube has had on my life too has been just all these new skills and and different ways of looking at things like even if the you so even if the videos were private and nobody saw them and i was just Mm. you know i've i've just learned so much from my uh tenure or whatever uh, being a youtuber it's like yeah like i've gotten some like i wouldn't probably wouldn't be this good at even speaking with people like i've gotten so much better at public speaking and being able to yeah. and conceptualize my thoughts better and riff on ideas that i have and it's like i think everybody should 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 try doing a channel and, and do something in terms of video or even if it's just for you, like, because, and lighting and all these different skills. Yeah, like, it's, it's, I think it's, it's a lot about, like, do creating a product. Yeah. In a sense, like a tight product. Right. And, and and learning different skills that are involved in creating that product. Yeah, and, and that can be applied to any part of your yeah, life. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, because I'm, so one thing that happens when you teach higher education, especially, like, at my level, is that you are dealing with very abstract concepts, Right. And so sometimes people tell me like, yeah, you're a little bit, little bit, um, it's, it's a bit long, uh, how do you say long winded, long winded, uh, long winded. Yeah. Uh, like it takes a, you know, get to the point, like be snappy. And <laughs> that's kind of the curse of being a teacher. Like I'm used to talking for four hours. Like wow. I can do, I can do four hours with one break. Wow. Like with one small break, I can do four hours and, and I could probably do four hours even with a very, very limited script wow. um, because that's the way my brain works. Right. Um, I'm sure you know a lot about has, the topics. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, and, and also like having like a, having like a, a dramatic side so I can build up an interesting talk about something over a couple of hours. Sure. Um, but that has the problem that if I'm, I'm going to talk about something very specific and technical for a very short period of time, you know, I really have to work on it because that's not really my normal skill set. Wow, that's not that's what I've worked interesting. on. That's super interesting. Yeah. So YouTube has helped me immensely because of course I'm aware that I, I can talk for a long time and that yeah. it can be very problematic in some right. areas. Because everything so, online so I, is so like quick, quick cuts get to the point yeah yeah for sure that uh, and that certain topics doesn't benefit from from the long form right it, right um, be, because it's yeah most people are turned away 
turned off by it. Like it's, it doesn't work. Um, it works. It works. Basically, it's this. It works in an educational setting because people are forced to come. Yeah, yeah. Like, like ninety percent might not show up if there's no exam. Right. So, so I mean, if there were a YouTube exam that people had to take, they, they might sit through your two-hour video. Right. But if most something people online, can't yeah. do. Yeah. Most, most people, like Cuckoo, Cuckoo does very long videos. Right. And he's he's like the there. There's just something great about what he does. Yeah. Some some quality. I can't really pinpoint it. Me either. I don't there's know. There's superb compelling. quality to what he does that makes it work. Mm-hmm. But most people, even I, who who normally do it for lectures, we can't do it. We we don't make it work for for an hour, two hours. We we can't do it. Um, it's very. I think it's a very rare talent or or a combination of personality and and format. But so I think most messages benefit from this training that you were talking about. Uh, this training of of making the product and everything that goes into it. I think most things benefit from it. Teaching as well. So I've definitely become. I've worked on my teaching as well to kind of. Instead of doing four hours, let's do two hours and be a little bit more scripted to the point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> scripted and to the point and 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 sort of yeah, and, and there's like yeah, there's some big benefits to that as well. That's awesome. So it's, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so so um, <laughs> I, I guess I guess a, a bit of uh, to make it work like. A lot of planning, um, a bit of madness, and uh, hopefully uh, over time finding some kind of structure to your product. It's 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 a good way to put it. And I'm I'm you asked me about like my process. So today my process is a lot more structured. I often start with like a like an often with a title, a title idea, and I write a little uh, bullet point script. And sometimes I flesh it out um, if it's a bit more complicated or if it's more important that things are very correct. Um, and I might even do like a little, um, how do you say, like a image script. So I'll, oh, I'll write down storyboard. small image. Yeah, story, storyboard, yes. That was, yeah. So I might do a little storyboarding as well. That's so um, cool. Just yeah, just to give me an idea of, of because I realized that it works for me because it's it means that I will work in because I can be long winded. Um, I need to chunk it down. So yeah. to, so I chunk it down into different themes. Right. And and then I can record one theme, and and or a couple of themes and see how they fit together. And and oftentimes I have to put it into Final Cut Pro as well, and just to see kind of you know how it's laid out and how does it work. Hmm. Uh, to give give me kind of a yeah a more a more hands on feel for and and I realized do yeah and doing this over time I realized like I've become more and more comfortable and and underst- I understand more what works what makes something work and yeah. what makes it not work right so yeah but that's kind of yeah does I think that's where I am today with my my process. Awesome. This has been a great, great talk, Bo. I, I'm, I've learned so much from you about all different aspects of life. <laughs> yeah, we've just been rambling on here. It's kind of, <laughs> kind of vacation here. That's like the madness part of it. It's like, it's like vacation. And I produced, I think, two videos per week. Wow. And next week, it's 
three videos at least. There's wow. there's a new thing coming on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, like three new products. Yeah. So I had to, I, I you know, so my wife, she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, she's, she's cool. Um, yeah. Is the new, but, that one that you were, the secret one you were telling me about, is that coming out? Yeah, on Thursday. Cool. Thursday. I'm excited. So we've got kind of an audio, audio interface coming on Tuesday. Wednesday, there's a new update to a new cool thing. And uh, on Thursday, there's a new synth. Awesome. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what's your plans? Do you have any like video plans coming up? Oh, man, yeah. I have a couple different um, like – so my, my channel is like, is like four, cassette four track. It's like an older type mm -hmm. of recording device that uses a little compact cassette or a regular cassette to record onto. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I started out. And um, lately I've just been trying to record some more music – um and showing so like recording a song and then showing the workflow so like here's how to record a song and here's how i went about doing it so i got some stuff like that i, I really want to do that diggy tack video too that we were talking we were just talking about um yeah you know i've been i try to plan it out and then i also have like a loose um idea of what i'm going to do too you know like because i feel like sometimes with with planning it out a lot it's good to be able to improvise within that structure because sometimes things for come sure, up. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And one thing I learned as well is that, you know, just starting, how do you say, like starting a day with a set plan is not always good. Like yes. you need to do it for, I think, for at least like 60% 60, 60 of the time. Yeah. But you also need to have that kind of room for, yeah, today I just want to do this. Right. So my, what I've done is I, I've, I've worked on having multiple projects alive at one point in time. So I think I have like seven videos in production at the moment. Wow. And that makes it so that when I wake up, I have a little bit more to you choose were, from. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I can, yeah, I'm feeling this today. And so, yeah, I think, I think that's been good for me, uh, in a sense. Wow. So you, you work on them, uh, over a long period of time than each video Sounds depends like. depends okay. some videos uh you, you referenced the um the electron mystery thing yes yeah i did that in two hours right right because i was gonna say some videos are like that's the same here it's like i once i get them once i get started with them i'm like i'm just gonna crack this out and because and, i have like a very clear vision yeah. for it and then it's just shot after shot yeah exactly yeah yeah i mean um I think some some videos are just very quick to make. Yeah. If there's a sol like a solid idea, and you have, I'm sure like maybe those vlog videos that you've done, like where you go, you're like walking around outside. I really enjoyed mm -hmm. that format. And then you went to like the synth store, and we're like checking out. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure those yeah. are like a lot of fun and just kind of almost like you know, I'm just gonna go for a walk today and and see what happens. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Don't. Um. Some of them take more. The problem with them is that that some of them take more planning because it's so easy to end up with nothing. Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, one and thing, I realized, yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, that was one thing I wanted to ask you too. Is uh, reminds me of because, like, sometimes I'll come up over the video and then mm -hmm. I, I I used to be a lot more of a oh that's some that's a great um 
do you, do you think you're a perfectionist at all? Do you ever run into like perfectionist tendencies with your editing or with the videos or, you know, cause I used to be like way, um, like I always say like 10 years ago, the person that I am, I was like, would never have been able to do a YouTube channel. I would have never, I would still be working on the first video, you know, because I would have been, mm. this is not good enough. Uh, I don't, I don't uh, have those kind of perfectionist tendencies. No. Nice. Um, is it, com- perfectionism is a complicated um, b- because the, the term itself sort of alludes to um, perfecting the product, um, but that's not necessarily. So I have perf- I have perfectionistic thoughts and okay. an- anxieties, but they are not connected to actually getting stuff done. Right. Like like when I'm actually working on something, I don't have te- perfectionistic thoughts. Because when I'm engaged in working with th- something, uh, the the sort of uh, the pressure, um, my desire to get it out, overcomes any perfectionistic uh, anxieties. Right. Um, but I have cool. perfectionistic thoughts when I'm not working. So I can I can wake up with. You know, I, I had like an idea what I wanted to do today. I wake up and I, I say to myself like, yeah, Bo, you know, that's that's not going to work. You know, that's not a good idea. You know, uh, kind of these self-defeating thoughts yeah, yeah, that comes yeah. from, you know, who you your your previous experience as kind of negative thoughts yeah. that I think a lot of creative people have. Absolutely. And I would call those sort of perfectionistic thoughts because they because they are – it's like you have to think about this more so that you know that your when you start to work, your idea will be great. Yeah. But I've learned that, you know, I should just ignore those thoughts and get on with working on th- something yeah. and evaluate it after the fact. It's sort of the strongest technique because uh, the more I do it, the more I realized, okay, I have five videos and I had negative thoughts about two of them, but they are good. And I realized like the fifth video that I didn't have any negative thoughts about, it's crap. Like right. it doesn't work. Like it's it's just not good enough. It's not interesting. Like it's incoherent. Like it doesn't make sense. So I realized that like my thoughts, those perfectionistic thought patterns are not helpful um, in deciding what I should and shouldn't do. Right. Yeah, and but the, uh, the yeah, thing is, like, sorry. people too will. I feel like I'll spend so much time on certain videos, and then ones that I spend not a lot of time on are sometimes people's favorite ones. So it's almost sure. like even if you make one that you think is incoherent, I just wind up usually personally like if I have one like that, I'll just put it out because, well, you know, Monday's another day or Friday's another sure. day, and you know because you have to. I don't know. I feel like I have to. I want to be consistent, even if it's even if I put out something that's subpar, right? It's like, at least I'm getting something out there. At least I tried to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's at least. Um, I think so. My 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 main advice is always like when you start doing something, or before you sort of get the ball rolling, and you're starting seeing very large numbers or uh, it's not about the, the the absolute numbers i'm not talking like when you see uh, exponential growth so when you start to grow on a channel 
uh, that's when I think it's important to kind of take a little bit of a step back and, and evaluate kind of what projects will you and will you not do. Okay. Um, because because it, what I'm, I'm kind of getting at here is when you're starting out and before you have like a exponential growth, it's so hard to know what works and what doesn't work. Like you don't really have any baseline. You don't really know if your format works. So it's probably just better to, to like you say, keep being productive, yeah. keep putting stuff out there, see what people respond to, see what you respond to. And there's often like this middle segment in the middle where it's something you enjoy doing and people enjoy watching. There's often a possibility to find that. Right. But you won't find it if you let your perfectionism or self-doubt or anything get in the way. Um, or if you sit too long with a video and you put it up. Like the most sad thing that I ever see is like when people, they spend like ages on a video and it comes out and like 200 views. And you know, it's not that 200 views is bad. It's that I know that the person who is, who is, who has put in the time he or she wanted a different reception. Right. So sometimes I, I tell people like, unless it's like something that's super dear to you, don't spend, don't spend like two months on something. Yeah. Instead, spend a little less time and be more consistent and kind of see what people relate to. And if, you know, if, if that's what you want, I mean, if you want to do the video, regardless of, of kind of how many sees it, yeah. It doesn't really matter. So then my wife came home from the beach. Nice. <laughs> She's been up with the kids. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. So so my, my strategy from the beginning was like, I would put a lot of stuff, do a lot of stuff and just kind of see what works, what I enjoy doing, what people can relate to, learn from that experience. It's not about catering to an audience. It's about kind of learning what works for you and what kind of, what kind of works for, I wouldn't say like what people want. It's more like, yeah, w because there, there's an alignment between kind of what works for you is often something that people also can relate to in my experience, like in the middle like, because we are, I guess, I guess my, my thing here is I assume that most creative people want somebody to see their work, right? Like, why else would you do it? Right. So, so there's often this kind of middle ground, I think, where yeah. you don't compromise too much with yourself, but you're still reaching people. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah, you're not creating this stuff in a vacuum. Like you're putting it out so that people will hopefully see it. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I, I feel assume too. so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's what I want to. I, um, like, like I'm just like anybody else. Like, I look at the numbers. I, 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 I am. I'm super happy if a video is doing well, mostly because I get very nice comments and people are seem to be happy that I provide some kind of service and, and benefit to their life and and that was drives me. So it's not like the, the absolute numbers are interesting. It's more like okay, this is fun. Like. Yeah. I get to talk about something I enjoy and I get a good response. Right. And when that aligns, I think, and then the more you do it and the more consistent you are, the more possibility to find this alignment between your needs, wants and desires creatively and, and kind of where there's an audience that can meet you in and, and kind of 
get what you're doing and, and enjoy it. So, um, and I feel I've, I've kind of started to find that as well with why I'm, what I'm doing. So I feel more comfortable and, and know a bit more kind of what I want to do yeah. in a way that, that kind of gives me the response that I'm looking for. Right. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because you've been you've been doing it for a while, right? A couple of years. Yeah, three three years, um, but not seriously. Like uh, two thousand fifteen, I did the, the kind of I don't know how oh, many videos I did. Right. Yeah, a couple couple about, of videos. Yeah. And in two thousand sixteen, I did some more circuit videos, and in in seventeen, it sort of late That's 16 clicked, yeah. 17 yeah yeah it started to click more and more for sure for sure like my production values have, have increased like i i've definitely improved a lot like i i and i see myself when i start like when i looked at it 2016 i said to myself like this is like 10 percent of what i can do and in 17 i said like this is 20 percent of what i can do and now i think i'm closing closer to like 40 40, okay. 50. Like I, I feel like I, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm soon over that little where I feel like it's, it, it's a larger percent that is representative of what I really can do, um, because I'm more comfortable with the technology and with the format, everything. Yeah. And the family is home. I don't know if you can hear yeah. them, but it's, it's now now shit is about to go down. I hear in the background. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, do, um, do, do you want to get going, Bo? I don't want to take up too much. Yeah, of your time. yeah, yeah. I probably should, um, should. Where can people find you online, Bo? Uh, yeah. So they can find me over on uh, YouTube.com/slash Bo Beats Music, and they can find me over on Instagram.com as well/slash Bo Beats, and on Twitter/slash Bo Beats Music. Probably easiest way to get a hold of me, or maybe on Facebook at Facebook.com/slash Bo Beats Music as well. And I got my music over on, um, yeah, for example, on bowbeatsmusic.bandcamp.com. Got some couple of tracks over there. And yeah, nice. I got some stuff over on uh, Spotify and iTunes as well. So Cool. Thank you so much, Bo. This, is, this yeah, has been no awesome. Problem. And I appreciate yeah, yeah, you I taking I time. Like, I feel like I've been rambling a bit, but uh, I know. I I will. Disclaimer, it's sort of I'm, I, it's the vacation brain, you yeah. know, or, or it's the overworked brain because I've had mad couple of weeks but uh, it's been a lot of fun as well so awesome Thank yeah you. thanks for thanks for having me and Yo, uh, my yeah. pleasure well i'm going to go now and take care of the madness behind me all right Bo. all right great talk talking later. to you So that was my conversation with Bo Beats. You can find Bo on YouTube at youtube.com slash Music, and you can follow Bo on Instagram at instagram.com slash bowbeats. This is Mike from 424recording.com. Godspeed, my friends. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe and review the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to support the podcast, you can check out patreon.com slash 424recording. Appreciate you, my friends. And uh, make sure you do something you want to do today, okay? We'll catch you on the flip-flop. Peace.